Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 128 of the podcast. It's the 13th of June, 2018, as I record this intro. This week on the podcast, I speak with Zach and Heather Lake. Heather was in an episode in December of 2017, and we dove into her de-schooling journey. And after the episode, she mentioned that her husband has had quite the journey as well, and I made note. I have lots of notes. And as I was going over them recently, it occurred to me that it would be really interesting to have them on together to talk about his journey from both their perspectives. The question of reluctant spouses comes up quite regularly in unschooling circles, so I hope you find some useful nuggets in our conversation. As a personal update this week, on Sunday, Rocco and I went to Toronto to see the indie movie Prodigals for its release. It was written by Rocco's cousin's son and directed by his wife. And Rocco and I both loved it. And surprise, they met us at the theater as we were coming out, so we went out for a bite to eat. It was lots of fun to catch up and swap stories with them. And he posted yesterday that it was the number one movie at that theater over the weekend, which was lovely for them. And I hope all the rest of their openings across Canada go as well. And as a community update, I want to thank everyone who has chosen to support my work on Patreon. And a big thanks to Rebecca Severin for increasing her pledge, which she did so she could gain access to our private forum. I'm happy to say I think I've got the new rewards all up and running. Thanks for your patience during the transition. So I've sent out two desktop wallpaper images so far. We're having lots of fun in the forum with intros and a long post for me about what's up in my life. And I've scheduled the first monthly video chat for next week where I'll be sharing one of my talks. Everything is being archived too, so whenever you join, you'll have access to everything from past months as well. I'm really enjoying being more actively engaged with Patreon, and I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support is vital to helping me share unschooling information and inspiration with everyone who wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to support my unschooling work like this podcast and my website, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Zach and Heather. Hi everyone, I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Zach and Heather Lake. Hi guys. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, Heather has been on the podcast before and she shared with us about her de-schooling journey. And later on in our conversation, like when we were chatting after, she mentioned that her husband has had quite a journey as well. 
And as that kind of percolated in my mind, <laughs> I thought it would be really interesting to have them on together to talk about the journey from both of their perspectives. So to get us started, Zach, can you just give us a quick reintroduction to uh, you and your family? Sure. I'm, I'm Zach, um, and this is my wife, Heather, and we have four children, um, Gavin, age 17, Brenna, 14, Hattie, 6, and Logan is 3. Um, we've been, we live in Omaha, Nebraska, and we've been unschooling for 18 months. Oh, that's awesome. So if I remember from Heather's um, interview, it was initially your son Gavin's idea for homeschooling, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was wondering what each of your reactions were right at that, you know, that very first moment. <laughs> yeah. So just a little background. Gavin is, is 17 now. Um, he was always like such a bright, curious kid who loved to learn, but never fit in the school box very well at all. So it was a very frustrating experience for him. He was very bored and did not enjoy learning what other people told him totally. yeah. should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He loved learning what he was interested in, but was not interested in kind of that checklist of things that you're supposed to learn for school. So he'd always been really unhappy in school and the teachers were really frustrated with him too because he didn't fit in in the box very well. So some of his teachers were really unkind to him and it was really uncomfortable for us and really uncomfortable for Gavin. It just didn't work well all the way around. So I think somewhere like middle school was really hard with Gavin because I think as they get older, the teachers had less patience for someone who didn't fit in the box very well. Yeah. And he was really, really struggling. So at some point, Zach and I were talking and we're like, you know, at some point homeschooling might be a better option for him, but he wasn't really interested in the time at the time in that. So we just kind of like tucked it back in our brains, you know? And when Gavin was 15, um, him and I had gone to a movie together and he just like started falling in love with movies and writing. He got really inspired to write movies and really get involved in filmmaking. And uh, so at that time, I think, was he a freshman in high school? I think he was. Yeah, and uh, so I had looked around to see what opportunities were in Omaha um, for filmmaking. And there was this film festival coming up. And so he got really excited about that. We took him out of school to do that. And they had a special academy. And we just, like, saw him just, like, come alive during the film festival. He was so excited. And just, he'd be there all day and just was so, like, a smile on his face the whole time. <laughs> and we were just like, wow. So he's, like, really found a passion. And he just, like, took off with it. Just was writing all the time, meeting people in Omaha who were making movies, going to festivals. And it really became, like, school started interfering with his learning about the movie-making process. Yeah. So he'd gone to a, a film festival and I was, I picked him up, we were on our way home, and he said, I don't want to do school anymore. <laughs> and we're like, and I, well, it was just me, it was yeah. just me in the car. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. So I was kind of glad I had that kind of tucked back in my head. So, because I wasn't entirely shocked, I guess, or I kind of 
could respond to that. So I said, well, how about homeschooling? And he was like, okay, yeah, let's homeschool. He was, he was just, he was ready to take off and go. So then we get home and like, I was going to like talk to Zach, you know, a little bit like, Hey, you know, we've got to have this conversation. Work me in a little bit. Yeah. And dad was like walking the door and he's like, dad, we're going to homeschool. Oh, okay. You know, so I think, um, like my initial reactions when I look back on that time, I was very excited for him. Like I felt like it was a good thing, but there was also another side of me that's like, what, what are we doing? Like, are we totally crazy to like totally leave school? And so I kind of wondered if it was the right thing to do. But I also like, honestly, I had so much relief for Gavin because I felt like, he had this passion that he wanted to pursue and now he'd have the time to just work on it all the time. And I, I was happy that he would be in a more nurturing environment where school, you know, the teachers um, weren't very kind in sometimes. So I had relief that he was kind of out of that system and, and going to be home with us, you know? So I don't know. What was your, what did you think? Uh, <laughs> when he walked in the door. <laughs> well, so my, so my initial reaction was more of um, fear, disbelief a little bit. Um, not quite sure how this whole thing's going to work out. Um, you know, Heather and I talked about it, like she said, in the, in the past, but it was always very, very surface, just thrown out there. Hey, maybe we can, we can homeschool sometime. <laughs> It's like, yeah, maybe we can. That's, that's fine. And then we talk about something else and not, not give really a second thought. But um, no, so I was, I was hesitant. And I, I, you know, I was, I was the reluctant spouse, you know, which I think is kind of the theme of this um, initially anyway, for sure. And uh, it was just, I don't know, I guess fear was the biggest factor there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> to change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a huge yeah. change, right? Right. Um, so, how, how long? What did you like pull them out almost immediately, or that was like in October that film festival. So he actually at Christmas break we we stopped then, and my um, I was wanting to tap on the brakes and push it through <laughs> yeah. a little bit slower. To the end of the school year, but yeah. We, yeah, we didn't. So yeah, he he was more interested in kind of waiting I think like finished out the school year um but I, I guess I got pretty excited so I was I was kind of ready for Christmas break and then my um my teenager Brenna my 13 year old at the time um she decided to all because really it was just about Gavin at mm -hmm. first and then Brenna got kind of excited and she's like she wanted to try it out too so at the winter break we we started um homeschooling yeah, and I was even more hesitant with her than I was him. So, yeah, just yeah. because he he didn't fit in the mold, she fit mm -hmm. more in the mold. Yeah, right, so. yeah. No, that's really interesting. So uh, between October and December, um, Heather, were you busily learning all about homeschooling? Oh my gosh, yes. I just like <laughs> dove into it and like because I really I had no idea about homeschooling. Like I, you know, I had friends that homeschooled. And, and a friend that had unschooled, but I really honestly didn't know very much about it at all. So I went to Facebook and followed like every model of homeschooling there is. I joined like the local Facebook pages and the local groups. 
And I just kind of like started absorbing information. Um, I have a a friend who uh, was a long-term unschooler, uh, my friend Tracy Simmons, and she was super helpful. And that was one of the best ways to get information was talking to her just person to person, especially because I knew her kids and how great they were. She had two at the time that were transitioning to college. And so that was nice to just kind of talk about like the long-term view. And she was really patient with me and nice because I would ask questions all the time like, how does this part work? And how does this work? And it was all so those early questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the same questions everyone has at the beginning. Uh, and you know, I just read a lot of articles and I read, uh, Blake Bowles has a book college without high school that I really enjoyed. And so, yeah, I just kind of just started reading everything I could get my hands on. And what about you, Zach? Um, so most of my learning actually came from Heather. I mean, she would, she would pass me and she's kind of almost being humble because when she dives into something, she dives. Nice. Into <laughs> she, she, every, every day she's, she's rattling off new, new articles or new quotes or new whatever, you know, whatever she learned. And so she would, she would, she would share um, websites with me. She would share articles and, and quotes and books and podcasts, um, all kinds of different things, uh, different media for me to listen to or to, to read or whatever. And, and it slowly started making sense and, and things like that. But I mean, she probably, I don't know, would send me probably five things a day, you know, <laughs> um, at, a, at a minimum kind of thing. <laughs> and, and it just, they would slowly start to strike different chords with me about Oh, maybe this is a different different way to do things, or maybe this makes a little bit more sense. And um, I started warming up to it, I guess, at that at that point, because that was the that was the whole point. You know, that was the initial the initial thought here was you got to get Zach warmed up a little bit before he goes. So. <laughs> well, I I'd be interested in knowing from both your perspectives um, how this information that Heather was sharing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, how that kind of learning process went for you. So Heather, did you find over the course of sending him stuff, you know, you, you said there were, you sent a wide variety from books to blog posts to podcasts to all sorts of things. Did you find over time that you kind of settled into certain things or did you continue to just send everything that kind of came across your path that you thought he might be interested. I was just wondering how you kind of learned how to help him. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing I thought about when I was thinking back on our process is I just want to acknowledge it's really hard when one person in the couple gets super excited about something and you're reading and it's like, you're just like, my mind was being blown every day when, because School is just something that you think it just is what it is and it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. And you've, I've never questioned really the school process that much. And I mean, I knew it didn't fit well for Gavin, but it just seems like he, he's just the outlier, you know, like, so like, then when you, sorry. Reading, yeah. And so then when you start reading these articles, you know, and you start to reevaluate the school model, it's like just kind of mind blowing. And every day you're like, you're really learning something new. And, you know, it, you want, I want to share that with him. And, you know, sometimes that you just have to be patient because they're not, they're not in the same place, you know? So you just have to be kind of 
patient and understand that even though you're like, you're really enthusiastic and excited, you know, it's just going to take a little bit of time too for your spouse. But I think the biggest thing, um, with like sharing the articles, cause you do run across so many good articles that start to help you take a critical view of school. Um, and I would try to like find one or two sentences or, uh, the cons really the, the heart of the article, the concept and kind of cut and paste that, you know, to a message. And then, um, the best way though, is the face to face conversations about those Absolutely. concepts. Absolutely. Um, because even if you read an article and you read something that really blows your mind, then when you sit down and talk about it, you know, it, it expands your knowledge of that even further. So I think one of the best things that we did was just sit down and talk about different articles we'd read and just to and was just the grading system and what does it mean to be an A student or a C student? Like, what does that mean? And like, does that mean that the A student understands more or is it because they can memorize really well, you know, so they're being rewarded because they can memorize really well. And so we would sit down and talk about that, you know, and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, we never thought about it that way. And, and just to see those concepts, um, you know, talking about like the lack of outside play that like even like our kindergartner was getting and, or real world skills, you know, to really think about, wow, like kids go to school so early and they're just in that school setting, like, like the, you know, until they're like 18, you know, and going to college or career or whatever. It's like, we were excited for the kids to like live life with us and, you know, just do things with us right. during the day that, you know, and to learn that way. So it's really those face to face conversations about specific concepts that I think are really important. And, and I think, I think what I would, what advice I would give to a spouse who has a reluctant spouse is you don't even necessarily have to label it as unschooling or feel like you have to jump from like public school or traditional homeschooler to unschooling. I think sometimes, especially for a reluctant spouse, that's like, that's too much to like process or something. And I think um, until you've done some de-schooling, I think even the word unschooling can be a barrier to some people because it sounds like the word sounds like not learning because we're so used to school equaling learning. Mm -hmm. And so like now that we've like done a lot of de-schooling, like that word, you know, makes sense to us. But I think in the beginning, if you have a reluctant spouse, sometimes that word can, can it's, cause concern or it's something. Scary. Yeah. It's a yeah. scary word. So yeah. we like, we called it. Um, so like I didn't even use that word with Zach for like a long time. Like we focus more on what we kind of call project-based learning. Um, I think that that word kind of conjures for people that, kids are learning through doing like hands-on and I think it was easier to digest that word maybe at first you know because he could get a feeling for what that was that our kids were going to learn not from worksheets or someone lecturing them but they were going to learn from doing and just I think is so so really, I guess what I'm saying is instead of trying to talk someone into like unschooling, I think your first priority needs to be about breaking down school. Yeah, and what school really is and things like that. And how, what you actually learn from school and, and are grades important and 
man, they're there from eight to three, but is that really the, the only time you can learn or do we learn mm-hmm. after that? Or, and are, are they just, do kids not learn after that because they've had all the life sucked out of them <laughs> for these last seven hours of the day and stuff like that. So I think, I think she's right. I think breaking down the, the what school is, um, you know, helps tremendously. Yeah, just taking a critical view of school because we just don't do that. I mean, we just all accept it for what it is and don't question it. And then when you really start to break it down, I think it helps learning in a different way. It makes it easier once you start to understand that school isn't necessary and you don't have to, you don't have to learn like that. So, and then I think um, an important thing to share with him was you know, that, that unschooled kids can go on to college or careers, or whatever they want to. I think we both felt like once we could feel like our kids could do what they wanted to, you know, after, Absolutely. after the school years, that it just helps you take a deep breath and relax and really enjoy the process. So we talked a lot about that. We uh, got together with other unschooling families in our area. We um, actually started, we have a parents meeting that we have every month. And so that's been a nice way just to see other parents who are doing it and get together and see how they interact with their kids. And and that was really nice. And just to, you know, share pictures and stories with your spouse from the day about the interesting and fun things that you're doing. It really helps them to see uh, what a great way it is to learn. But I, I definitely think in the beginning, you have to remember that it's kind of a two steps forward, one step back kind of thing for the, for the person who's excited and for the reluctant person. Because when you're new to it, you know, there's days where you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love this so much. And then you have another day where you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> Wait, is this okay? Am I, is it okay to do this? You know, and actually I had one of those days in the beginning and I actually turned on one of your podcasts because I was like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing here? Like, have we just, are we just totally insane here? But so not only for the enthusiastic person, but for, you know, he was like, okay, he was getting, he was looking at school and understanding the issues and the problems with school. And then he'd kind of get excited. But then there might be another day where he's like, okay, now what, what's going on here? Like, (laughs) and so you just have to have a little grace for each other in that, that there's going to be there's going to be days where you question in the beginning what you're doing. And there's going to be days where you're excited too. I do love that word grace, you know, to have that space for each other to have, to, to be free to express, right. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, concerns and, and everything like that. And I love the idea of it's really taking on the fact that learning about unschooling and moving to unschooling truly is a journey, right? It's not like, Oh, we're going to do this and then boom. Right. Right. Starting with, you know, just starting to think critically about school itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's uh, absolutely a great place to start, right? Because that's, that's the whole point. First, you have to, you know, start to understand what it is you're not liking about that before, mm-hmm. and then, you know, start talking about what you're going to replace that with. Yeah, right. it's such a foreign concept to people. And it's, yeah. It- is like unless you've probably been a homeschool, unschooled kid, you probably have no idea what, what that even right, is. So right. you really have to break it down kind of to its simplest forms and figure out what, what do you really want out of schooling? I mean, what's the point of schooling is to is to learn how to function in society, right? And 
And you can do that a lot of different ways. You don't mm-hmm. have to just do it the way on this eight to three, um, you know, time schedule, you know, nine months out of the year. You, there's so many different times you can do that. So, so were there any times um, during this kind of learning process, especially up till he came home, um, where you felt kind of resistant to um, the information you were talking about how, you know, she was sharing stuff with you and you guys were finding time for conversations here and there um, to chat about the stuff that she was sharing. I liked your idea about just sharing little snippets, right? Heather, not whole big long article here, read these booms before we talk. Right. <laughs> I'm just wondering, you know, if you could share, if there were some things that, um, you know, what was it overwhelming? Um, were there things that you specifically um, felt brought up more resistance than help? I guess I'm looking for. Um, nothing that I don't think brought up more resistance. I think I, I think it's just such a process, and it's just yeah. something where it's like every day we'd have a conversation and we'd we'd talk about whatever the the hot topic of the day was. Um, or whatever she learned about today was, um, and I would totally get it. And then the next day I'd have to go back to her and say, wait a second, but what about this? And how does that work again? And explain this to me, please. And every day she would, and she, she had a lot of patience with me. And as far as like, and I, and I think she probably had patience with herself as well. Cause I'm sure, you know, like she said, she had doubts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's such a foreign, foreign deal, but it's, it's like her patience with me kind of allowed me to process my, thought, you know, get my thoughts in order and um, understand more about what's going on and and the differences that this could have on our, on our lives and impact on our kids. And um, yeah, so I don't don't think there's anything that was, that that hindered that, I guess. Mm -hmm. I I think you have lots of these times when you, when you learn something and you get really excited and then you feel dumb all of a sudden again the next day. And that's, that's what's scary is like, Oh wait, I totally understood that yesterday, but now I don't get it again. Mm-hmm. And you just feel like it's, I don't know, like maybe you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that, I mean, I remember those moments. Absolutely. Right. And so I kept going every day, like you were doing Heather, right? Every day you're going back to the information. You're going back to the information because those connections, I think at first you have that aha moment, but it's so new right? Mm -hmm. These are Mm -hmm. such new connections. You have to just keep making them over and over and over again till they finally, like finally stick. Mm -hmm. This is the only way I can kind of describe it, but, but that's, that's learning in action, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, and it's like, you kind of build this framework and you kind of, you know, have to layer on top of it. I remember, um, so I remember, uh, from, uh, I think it was a podcast you had done with Sandra Dodd and you talked about like a Polaroid picture and or something about like the the color develops in a picture as you get more into unschooling. Yeah. And when I heard that, I'm like, yes, because you just kind of start with this framework and you just start to layer on top of it. And then when you, you know, then it's all kind of theory though and concepts, but then you start to live it out and you start to see it. And like I said, all those connections are coming together and making more sense and they're just building on each other. And so it is, it's just a long process. I mean, school is something that we, almost everyone thinks is, you know, is just the way it is and the way it has to be. And so when you have a spouse who's not exactly on board right from the beginning, you just have to understand that's, that's going to take time to, 
to learn more about and, and to build on that. And really, you know, the concern from the reluctant parent, they just want to make sure their kids are okay. You know, they yeah. want to make sure that their kids will have friends and, and be able to go on to what they want to do after school, whether it's college or something else. And so the reluctant spouse, you know, and they're not weird and they're not socially inept and things like that, you know, which is all, all the stigmas that come with, right. with someone being homeschooled. And it's like, that's so far from the truth, mm-hmm. but it's like, that's the stigma that we all have in our brain that that's what happens when you're homeschooled is that, Oh, your kids are sheltered and they're in this, in this bubble and that, you know, they can't, they can't talk to adults when it's actually like, actually they interact more with adults mm-hmm. now than they ever did before. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, they had a teacher, but now they're out in the real world interacting with adults on a daily basis um, and having real conversations with them and, and learning from different ways and being in curious and, and things like that. I don't know. It's just, it's just shattering that, that, that thought process that there's, the only one way and, and it's the way. Mm-hmm. Well, so. cause that's what we've grown up with, right? I mean, we've had 20, 30 years of that being the only mm-hmm. way. So mm-hmm. it, it, as, you know, remembering that helps you realize how, how hard it can be to break through all of those different paradigms that we just think is, is, is the way human beings learn and the way they learn how to, become a functioning adult, right? Well, I think you have to break through those paradigms for yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you have family and friends and coworkers and things like that, that all have those same fears that kind of feed, feed the negativity back into you too. So it's not like you have to break through it one time. And so you got to break through it multiple times before you kind of really sticks and stays with Mm -hmm. you. You know, especially, I love that point, Zach, because, you know, as they say, to, to learn something really deeply is, is kind of to be able to share that information with someone else, right? So to help them learn it. So, you know, you can understand one thing, but that's totally different than being able to explain it to someone else. And then <laughs> yeah. the parent is spending like all their time learning. And the, so often I find the reluctant, you know, the reluctant spouse is the one that's not, um, you know, is out working or even, you know, working at home, but has a lot of their hours dedicated to other things. So they don't, they also don't have the amount of time that the excited spouse, I like that excited, (laughs) the excited spouse has to dive into it all, right? So sometimes we can be so excited and we just want to pull them along and pull them along. And why is this taking so long? Well, they don't have the time. Mm-hmm. That, that we have to immerse ourselves in it as well, right? Yeah, especially I think, you know, as the excited spouse, when you join Facebook pages and the local groups and everything, you start getting a daily reassurance mm-hmm. about the path, you know? Yeah. So you're, the excited spouse is getting that a lot, whereas, you know, the person who is, is not looking at Facebook, you know, pages all day (laughs) is not getting that read, that constant reassurance. Well, and actually contrary to that, we're getting a lot of negative feedback. Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Explain that this is where you're something you're thinking about doing. You're getting the negative side of that. And it's like, Oh, your kid's going to be weird if you do that. It's like, no, actually they're not. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a great point. I remember that with my husband as well. Right. Because 
he's just just making the initial connections and then he goes out to work or out to meeting and conversations come up and then all the conventional messages come back and then it's like you said it's like starting again the next day right exactly yeah and you know i think i would say to anybody who's skeptical or reluctant like there's so many myths about homeschooling in general out there Mm -hmm. And so I think for anyone who's skeptical or concerned about their kids, like just try to have an open mind and an open heart to it because there are so many myths and and misconceptions out there about homeschooling. And I think that if you can be open-minded and meet some other homeschoolers or unschoolers and some other families and do the research, like you'll really learn that those myths are really just not founded. You know, like the socialization question is, is I think one that is very concerning for families and like every homeschooler I know is like, we have so much socialization (laughs) that we're worn out, you know, like there's so many different opportunities. And so even like the main, like, or like he said, you know, that, uh, you know, kids won't be able to talk to adults or something. And it's like, our kids are out interacting with people like all the time, you know? So there's just so many things that even if you have a concern in your heart for your kids about homeschooling or unschooling, it's worth it to do the research and to meet some other homeschool families to really start to break down the myths about homeschooling. And I think that'll help parents to feel more comfortable. Homeschooling. Yeah, to, to at least just be open to learning more about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Instead absolutely. of just letting the fears win and putting, you know, thinking I need to put my foot down and not even open that door, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So I guess I, what, I, yeah, what I'm taking is, is the conversations were super helpful, like the oh, sharing of information, but the, the conversations were super helpful. And, um, Oh, and, and watching your kids. I heard, I heard you guys talking about that, starting to see it in action with your kids and, and connecting and seeing other unschooling families. So were those kind of the, the extra helpful things? Is that for me? Yeah, sure. Yes, yes, yes. What like, what helped you like really see that it was a good fit? Well, that there you know, you, there's lots of things that actually, I guess, added to my, to my belief. Um, but I think, I think some of the, some of the realizations on that is that when, when I think back on like my education and when I, what I did through school and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, I had a, I had roughly an hour and a half to two hour bus ride every day to school. I would do homework for that hour and a half or whatever I had to, um, I'd get home, you know, late in the day, and I'd be exhausted. And, and we had these same conversations with our kids all the time about, oh, Zach, Zach didn't turn his homework in. Well, neither did Gavin didn't turn his homework <laughs> in either. You know, so we had that. Um, Brenna had tears in her eyes sometimes because she had so much homework. You know, she's doing 47 long division problems because that's what her homework was. And it's like, do we need to do that much? Um, and so it's all, the, it's like all, these, all of a sudden all these synapses start firing and it's like, Maybe, maybe my childhood that I think was okay and was fine. Actually, my, my educational path, maybe it wasn't as great as I thought it was. And maybe there's actually a better way to do this or at least a different concept on how maybe we can make that um, a better fit for my kids and make their, them more peaceful. And so the biggest change that we had was is once, once we kind of took off, took off that eight to three time, time frame again, um, it's like now they learn all day, all day long. 
um, they, they go out into the world, they interact with everybody and, and do things they really love. Like Brenna loves to do art. So she takes an art class and she really kind of gets to dive deep into that. Um, you know, Gavin and his film thing is just, he's just killing it in that. And he's, he's does great. And he makes movies, he writes scripts. He's, He's down there probably right now. I guess he's not because we have his computer, but he's, he's probably handwriting scripts downstairs um, because that's what he loves to do. He love, just loves to do it. Um, one, one of the things that stuck out the most to me, though, was um, Hattie, who's our six-year-old, uh, loved, wants to be a vet when she, grew, when she grows up. And I don't know, that may be changes now. No, I think she wants to be a princess. But... Um, but so she wanted to be a vet. So she would, she would spend a lot of time watching these vet shows where they're doing surgeries and they're doing, they're doing some really, some very graphic things, you know, and she's just enthralled in everything that they're doing. She wants to always constantly watch that. Watch, watch that. We did another episode of that. And so Heather took it on kind of herself to get a dissection kit um, for her because Hattie was interested in doing, doing things like that. So she got the dissection kit. We get a cow's eyeball. We get a uh, sheep's brain. Um, and Hattie is just, you know, as close to these things as possible. She's cutting open the eyeball. She's looking at the different parts of the eyeball. And which obviously that makes my heart sing that, that she's that interested into it. Um, and that there's an opportunity for her to do that at age six. I mean, normally people wouldn't dissect until they're probably a middle school age is my guess. Um, but what was even better than that was my three-year-old was sitting right next to her, <laughs> looking at the same stuff, trying to figure out what's going on in, in, in all these different, um, body parts and just being interested and intrigued. And it's just, you can just see that, that, that flicker of a thought change into this, this fire, you know, this flame, you know, that, that's burns and, um, I don't know, that's, that's a really cool to see that, to like be able to witness that specific thing. So, yeah, just to be able to see the kids be able to really dive into what they're interested in and learn so much, I think was a big, yeah, was a big moment for him. So, yeah, yeah, I know that that was something that really <clears throat> me and you were talking about that a bit earlier, Heather. How when you 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 start to understand the theory and then you start to see it in action when you mm -hmm. give them that space to just you know find what they're interested in and help them pursue it and then just see them i love the way you said that the fire right the curiosity mm -hmm. the burning curiosity right that you just see them dive mm -hmm. in with that's so fun <laughs> yeah yeah and but that's why it helps to break down the school model too though before you know you kind of jump into it because you start to see the world not in subjects, you know, you start to understand that learning, you know, isn't just divided into certain subjects and learning doesn't just take place between certain hours. I think when we did the dissection, you know, it was like a Saturday at nine o'clock at night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So breaking that down so that your expectations are different, you know, that, that than different than what they are in school. I mean, we had kids in school for 15 years, so, yeah. you know, we have, those expectations, but when you break down what learning actually looks like, you can start to see it all around you, you know, that it's not, that it's not like what it looks like for school. It looks like something different, but it's really cool. And then we got to share that together a lot, you know, of like the cool things that the kids were doing um, and how they were learning and just seeing their brains so engaged in so many things. And yeah, that's the other cool thing that happens too is the 
that you as the parents get to start learning again too mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they start asking you questions and it's like instead of just you know passing it off whatever, <laughs> yeah. it's like you either have to figure it out you have to know it or you have to dive in there with them a little bit too but then you can do the same thing you can learn it you can like like a subject as well that maybe they're not interested in but just say hey we're gonna we're gonna have have you pay attention to what we're doing here and just I think when you as an uh, as a parent set that example for your kids that you like to learn too, um, right. and can learn at any age, and you know, being yeah, we, years, you know. yeah. we really set we really set the intention at the beginning that our one of our biggest goals was to have kids who enjoyed learning. Like that was one of our high, just highest priorities. It's like it's not about. We want the kids to like be on this grade level or we want them to meet some standard. It was really about, we want the kids to love learning and know how to learn, you know, that, that if they have a question about something, it's like, how do we find the answer to that? Or what's the best way to get that information? Because we just felt like that that path for them would serve them their whole life, you know, that they would, whatever they needed to know, you know, if, whether they're five or 15 or 50, you know, that whatever they needed to know for their life to make their life more meaningful or more enjoyable, that they would be able to get that information. So that's kind of, we kind of set that as our intention. Yeah, they have the ability to do that. They have the ability to to figure Mm -hmm. things out and Mm -hmm. and decide it. I have the want to a little bit with it, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah. Oh, I love that. It, it's rekindling everybody's curiosity, right? And then it's just experience together, um, figuring figuring stuff out. I, I remember it, it was like permission all of a sudden to be curious again mm-hmm. and to admit uh, I didn't know something and yeah. to just try and yeah. figure it out with them. <laughs> it was such a big difference because, you know, before you're like, I'm an adult, you know, I'm supposed yeah. to, you know, know everything I need to be an adult right. and and that's it. There was no value on placed on anything else. And now it was like the world kind of opened up again. <laughs> I definitely experienced that. Cause I know like very early on, like the kids asked me some question and I'm like, oh, I don't know the answer. And to me, that was like, I just, I didn't learn it in school. So therefore I don't know the answer. <laughs> and it was like, Oh, okay. I can still be learning just because I graduated from college. You're just done. Doesn't mean I'm done with my knowledge. Like it definitely sparked me to be more curious and really like, you know, when I pay attention to the kids, it's like what like gets their like brain engaged and invigorated. But I've started paying attention to that with myself, which I never really did before. So it's like, if there is something going on that I'm curious about, or like I can feel like my brain, you know, getting connected. I'm, I pursue it much more now than I did before because I just see how much value that has, you know, just have a more joyful life, you know, and enjoy your life as much as you can. So that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Now, Zach, I was wondering, you shared lots of great uh, stories and little revelations so far, but um, can you remember one uh, maybe that you haven't shared yet? That was a big kind of aha moment for you along the way, you know, when that kind of unschooling puzzle piece fell in place for you? Yeah. So I, I did think of one, one aha moment that, that, uh, because there's lots of them, actually. And that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's the wonderful thing about this. Yeah, exactly. Like, all of a sudden, something makes sense again. It's like, okay, I buy that now. So, mm-hmm. um, but but the one the one I was going to share was that um, 
Gavin, our, our 17 year old, you know, he, in, in middle school, he was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's, he's 14 years old, something like that. Um, and he's a big kid, you know, he's six foot tall. He's 180 pounds, <laughs> 85 pounds, something like that. Okay. Um, and so he always, he always wrestled in, in, you know, one of the higher weights up there and he wrestled obviously against kids, his, his height and weight and everything. And at the beginning of the wrestling matches though, or when they do the, the duels between the two schools, it's like they all line, they kind of line them up on the mat and it's almost like this triangle, you know, that goes down. So it's like, you got the big kid over here to the left and you got this small kid over here on the right. Um, you know, as so we're talking the kids that are bigger than a little bit bigger than Gavin's, you know, they're, they're six, three, six, four, two fifty. <laughs> and we go all the way down to like some like four foot, four and a half foot kid with like 70 pounds or something like that, you know? And the, the amazing thing is, is that they're exactly the same age. You know, they're all 14 years old, but they're completely different sizes. And it's like, so if you put this 80 pound kid against Gavin, you know, Gavin would squash him because Gavin outweighs him by a hundred pounds. And it's just, it, it just wouldn't be fair. And it's, it's kind of absurd for us to assume that that kid has the same physical attributes that Gavin would at that, at that age. And so when you start flipping that script to the, to the school side and you start thinking of, well, okay, but we all need to learn at the same pace, but it's like, well, no, because maybe our brains are developing at different, different periods. Maybe we're more interested in one thing than today than we will be down the road or something like that. So it's like, we have all this structure and everything else in our life, but um, we wouldn't have that for the, for the wrestling mat. Mm-hmm. So why are we having that for school? Mm-hmm. And it's why force these kids to do something that maybe they're not ready to do yet, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe some kids are way more ready to do mm-hmm. something than the other kids. And so it's like, so we're just putting them all in this funnel and we're trying to make them all come out the same way. And it's like, that's not the way it works. It's just, it just wouldn't work out that way. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, my, um, I don't know. That was the one thing that really set, set it off. And I think I can describe that to other people. Um, cause I have that visual in my head, I guess. So yeah. That so. yeah. Cause it's like we, you can see the external differences all at the same age, but just cause you can't see the ex- internal differences, like how they think and what they're interested in and curious about and how they like to learn just cause we can't right. see that. We assume everybody's the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I love that. That's great. <laughs> great analogy. <laughs> it just helps me make more sense of everything. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden. And you know what I love about, especially when I was learning about unschooling, I mean, because I, I always love from there observing and being with, just being with my kids, right? And hanging out and, and everybody's learning together. But for that, you know, that first while while I was um, heavily de-schooling and figuring out and comparing everything to how they did it in school, right? How they learned and, and the time and all that kind of stuff. When you start, you start, when you see what they do, you know, what actions they take, you know, what their next choice is, how they learn things. That's when you start those internal differences that you don't normally see. That's when you start to, they start to become more obvious, right? They start to come out and it's like, Oh, that's, that's how they personally put this connection together. And you can see how unique they are outside of that system that they're trying to fit into. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it really, I think unschooling really helps you learn about not comparing kids to each other, especially based on age. Um, And I think one of the, 
big moments for us was really realizing how arbitrary so many school things are, you know, that like you're supposed to like read, you know, when you're five or six and, you know, the kids who aren't reading by then, we feel like something's wrong with them when they're in the school system. But it's like, you really learn, like kids don't have to learn how to read when they're five or six. Maybe they're going to be seven or eight or nine or 10. Um, or just the different like subjects that you learn in school, you know, you just like when you sit down to realize somebody just sat down at a table and decided that we're going to learn history this year, we're going to, you know, it's like, you really realize there's, that's just somebody sat down and decided that and that that doesn't, it's not the way it has to be. And if your child is behind, and I say it with quotes, you know, what the school system says that doesn't mean that they're behind. It just means they're not at the same what the, the school system is wanting. And so I think the, the unschooling really gives your kids the chance to just be themselves, you know, and they can, nobody's behind or, or ahead or anything. They're just learning what they're interested about. It's, it's really awesome to see. Well, and to add on to that, you know, she was talking about the, you, know, you have to read at a certain level at a certain time and things like that. And we're trying to catch all these kids up, you know, that are, that are a little bit behind. And um, ba basically what you're doing is you're sucking the fun out, mm -hmm. out of learning to read for mm -hmm. them. And, and you're making them feel inadequate. And so they're not very comfortable in school or, or you know, maybe they're more um, self-conscious about, about where they're at. And, and so when, when you take the fun out of it because they have to meet this certain level, um, that, that kind of, def that slows down the learning process mm -hmm. for every, for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, and really, like you said, that the whole point, just that understanding how arbitrary it all is and all you're doing is grading them against something arbitrary, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, behind just has no meaning once you, take that system out right once you're not comparing because who it really doesn't matter if you learn about medieval times or or how flight works you know at right. a particular age it it really or you know these particular right. years of history right you know well, you really, i understand why they do why why they have those arbitrary lines in place is to, oh yeah because teachers have to have you be able to read x number you know however much you need to or have to do the same math but but when you take it up, take them out of that element of the school and you don't put this pressure on them, it's amazing what they can do. I mean, yeah. kids are far more capable than, than we give them credit for. And we were really interested for our kids. Like we talked a lot about like the memorization aspect of school and how like for school, like, you know, you're supposed to like memorize like what year the civil war happened, you know, but like, what like value does that add to your life to have memorized that at some point, like when you were 15, like that doesn't really, it just sucks a lot of resources out of you, you know, to memorize stuff. But like, we want our kids more to be able to discuss things. So if, you know, the civil war came up in conversation or someone's on TV, you know, we enjoy like having conversations about these kind of topics and talk about, okay, what did the civil war mean, you know, to our country? What, what does it mean now? You know, what is, you know, and to have those conversations and we'll get in these like lively conversations. And to me, that's so much more important than, that, that they know what year it happened, you know, yeah. or they've memorized X, Y, Z, you know, having those conversations is, is, and we all learn that way. I mean, Zach and I, you know, we'll, we'll be all looking stuff up together and, and having those discussions. So that's, that's been a really great thing. 
And don't you find you learn so much from your kids now too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's beautiful. Just everybody's learning together, right? Right? Okay, so last question. I was wondering for each of you, how does unschooling feel for you now? Like your comfort level, your your lifestyle, you know, how... How are you feeling when um, you're, I was going to say when you're having a conversation with someone when you say you're unschooling or whatever, but really just, just in your days, just in your own days. It feels like, so we've been, we've been unschooling now for 18 months. Um, it just feels so natural to me now. Like it just feels normal and um, we're just happy. The kids are so happy and they're just playing and having a great time. And it just like, I just have no questions or concerns or any doubts at all. Um, like, um, Gavin, who's, you know, the reason we, that we really started out. Yeah. So this coming fall should be his senior year in high school, but he was accepted into the Seattle film Institute. So he's going to be moving to Seattle in, August <laughs> go to film school so and he's going for like a I think it's a 15 month 13 month certificate program so like by the time his like friends are graduating from high school he's going to be done with his his film school and you know ready to move on to the next thing so it's so cool to see it work out so well for him and just all of our kids are so happy and pursuing lots of lots of interesting things so I I feel really good about where we're at and like so grateful that we decided to, to unschool. Yeah. I, I second everything that she said, but I, I feel a lot of pride actually is, is another adjective I'll throw out there. Um, just because I, I'm, I'm proud of what they've, what they're accomplishing. I'm, I'm eager to see kind of where they're going to, you know, flow in the, in the next phases of their life. And, and I, and I like seeing, you know, like pe- kids as young as Hattie and, and Logan about what, what piques their interest, what doesn't pique their interest. Like I said, you know, she wanted to be a vet and now she wants to be a princess. Well, she can do that. She can do both. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, I like to see these, these different ideas of what she could maybe be or what he could maybe be. And um, it, it's, I don't know. It's really, it's really cool. It's really fun. And I'm, we're, we're totally bought in. I'll tell you, let's say that. So we're, <laughs> we're pretty big advocates yeah, for it. So. And it's like, I think we both have said, like, we don't understand why more people don't unschool. Like, it's so cool. You know, it's such a great life. And just be able to see your kids play and, and you know, not have any of that pressure anymore from school is yeah, such a great thing. Especially the two little ones. I mean, they, they play all day long, but they're learning so much um, yeah. all, all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. that, we have no fears really on it. And mm-hmm. like I said, now we have Gavin as proof that you can actually get into college and do hockey <laughs> just fine. Yeah. You know, without having to go through all the, the tears and the, and the mm-hmm. arguments. The heartache. And the all heartache the, with, the stress and heartache of school. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So and you're okay now, Zach, when people ask questions? Oh, yeah. I actually, I'm a big advocate for it. I'm, like I said, I, I shout that from the rooftop kind of thing. So, um, yeah, and I, I generally use the word um, self-directed education. Because mm-hmm. like I was saying in the beginning, you know, we had to kind of change some of the terms a little bit just to yep. wrap your brain around it. So I use self-directed education a lot just because it's easier to explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't really even shy away from unschooling either. I just tell mm-hmm. them that's what unschooling is. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, when I'm out and about in the world, you know, 
from the time they were young till even now. I don't use the term unschooling. Um, most often, like when I'm just starting a conversation with someone, I'll say home, homeschooling. I love mm-hmm. self-directed education, mm-hmm. you know, because there that's becoming more and more prevalent. There's more and more of those mm-hmm. kind of opportunities showing up around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to, to meet the person where they are, not try to drag them where I already am. Because as we said yeah. in the beginning, this is a long process, isn't it? Yeah. It exactly. is. Oh, that's very cool. I love how that kind of came full circle. <laughs> 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 well, I want to thank you guys so much for speaking with me today. It was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so well, thank much you so for much. having me. We appreciate us. it. Yay, yay. Now, before we go, um, where's the best people place for people to connect with you online? I um, have a blog on Facebook called Learning at the Lake House. Mm-hmm. So people can find me there and I share stories and, and articles and just talk about our unschooling journey there. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great night. Yeah. Thank you. you. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the third book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Life Through the Lens of Unschooling. This book is a wide array of essays drawn from my blog that shed light on the day-to-day lives of unschooling families. You'll find essays tackling everything from learning to read to visiting relatives, all organized around nine keywords that have been woven into the fabric of our unschooling lives. De-schooling, learning, days, parenting, relationships, family, lifestyle, unconventional, and perspective. The theme is life, the lens, unschooling. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.